Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about some conversations that I've been having with a couple people recently that actually work for the federal government. So their retirement plan is a thrift savings plan. It's called a TSP. It's like the government's version of a 401k. Now, both of these people that that I was talking to were women, and they were also married, and they also had government pensions. And so we're going to talk about this type of planning on today's episode, but they were both making the same mistake with their TSP plans, and I keep seeing this over and over and over again, and I think it's because people are scared about the current economy, what's going on, you know, the inflation in June was 9.1%, in July it went down a little bit, it was 8.5%. On October 13th of 2022, Social Security will announce what the COLA, the cost of living adjustment, will be starting in January of 2023. It's projected to be somewhere between 8 and 9%. We'll just have to wait and see. So there's a lot of things out there that are causing people fear and concern. And what I'm finding more and more is that people make their decisions based on emotion, especially in times of uncertainty. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, this time is different. And this time may be different slightly, but Mark Twain says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Let me give you an example. We had a Democratic president as our 39th president. He served from 1977 through 1981. His name was what? Jimmy Carter. We had record high inflation in the late 70s. Here we are now in 2022, we have a Democratic president, we have record high inflation that we haven't seen since Jimmy Carter's days. Again, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Let's look back to Bush's time as president. George W. Bush was a Republican president. In 2001, 2003, we had the Bush tax cuts, right? Fast forward, we had a Republican president, Donald Trump. And in 2017, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which again was a tax policy that was geared towards lower taxes. Again, Trump was a Republican. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. So if you're one of those people that's saying, oh, these times are different, I would certainly agree as far as our society and cultural norms, those have changed. But as far as our economy and how the economy functions, what makes an economy grow, what makes an economy suffer and and take us into a depression, those norms have not changed at all. And the market will always move through cycles. There'll be what's called a bull market, they'll be followed by what's called a bear market, and then it recovers. But the trend, it's always headed in one direction. And in times like this, we have to remain focused on the long-term trend. It's kind of like if you were seasick. If you ask a boat captain, How do I overcome seasickness? They'll tell you, don't sit here and look at the waves because it'll just make you sicker and sicker. They actually tell you to focus on the horizon because if you look ahead and focus on the horizon, it stands still and that's how you overcome seasickness. It's the same thing with what we're going through right now with crazy high interest rates. We're actually in a mild recession at this point, but there will be a recovery. We just don't know what it's going to look like and when. 
So we kind of have to remain focused on, again, the horizon, our long-term goals. So this episode, we're going to talk really specifically about these conversations I've been having with these people. And I think there's a lesson. You don't have to work for the federal government to, to be able to have a takeaway or a lesson from this discussion today. But with this TSP plan, it's a very simple plan. I think a lot of people will find it interesting in the planning that we're doing for these folks. So before we get into that discussion, I wanted to remind listeners to check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. Under the resources section, you can find my three steps to planning for retirement. Number one is the blueprint to a dream retirement. Number two is our budgeting tool, how much we're going to spend in retirement. And then step number three is your retirement action plan. Also on the website is my retirement secret sauce. You can download that right there. And then for the people that want to kind of get more personalized help, I do offer a 30-minute complimentary retirement coaching session. You'll find that on the homepage. There's a button you can click and you can get on my calendar. And lastly, I never have made a habit of asking people for reviews, but if you do enjoy our podcast, a lot of people have sent me messages and emails. Uh, Please do me a huge favor and give us a five-star review if you enjoy our podcast. And that way, other people just like you can find our Retirement Made Easy podcast. So if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon Audible, try to give us a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. It would make my day. All right, let's jump into this conversation. Actually, a couple different conversations. I don't know what it is, but people that work for the federal government seem to all be wanting to retire within the next 24 months. So these were some interesting conversations, and especially with federal government workers, there's two groups. Some of them are paying into Social Security, so they will have Social Security, and then they'll also have a federal government pension. Other federal government workers, they don't pay into Social Security, and therefore they will just have their federal government pension. Now, the beauty of the government pension is it does have a cost of living adjustment associated with it. So every year, depending on inflation, you do get a raise in your income. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, one of the top three risks to everybody's retirement is the rising cost of living. On average, if you look at CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, the cost of living goes up about 2.9% per year or has over the past 30 years. So let's call it 3%. And my mentor in this business retired down to Florida, and he has a bunch of golfing buddies. He's in Sarasota, Florida. It is absolutely beautiful down there. If you've never been to Sarasota, I would highly recommend it. But his golfing buddies, they all retired 25, 30 years ago, and they retired on a fixed pension, and they were living on $50,000 25 or 30 years ago on this fixed pension. And guess what? Today, they're hurting. They're really, really being squeezed because they never imagine paying over $100 to fill up their car with gas. And a pension that's fixed for the rest of your life without a cost of living adjustment, that's like getting a job and never getting a raise for the next 30 years. Can you imagine that? Never, never getting a raise? That's what a pension is. It's like taking a fixed income into retirement where every year, everything you buy will cost more. We live in a rising cost world. So if you have a fixed income in a rising cost world, 
for the next 30 years, guess what? Every year you have a declining purchasing power with that fixed pension. So a fixed pension is extremely dangerous if it doesn't have a cost of living adjustment associated with it. And most corporate pensions and private pensions do not have a cost of living associated with it. So however federal government pensions do, if you work for like the state of Illinois, for example, they do have a great cost of living adjustment for pension recipients. Teachers' pensions, they do. But with the private sector, generally speaking, they don't have a cost of living adjustment associated with them. So in my opinion, they are extremely, extremely dangerous. But a pension with a rising cost of living adjustment every year, that can be extremely valuable and beneficial. So if you are lucky enough to have one of those, that, that's the best type of pension out there. Now, I spoke with three different people that were women that were going to have a government pension. They had a TSP plan, which is a thrift savings plan. And their concerns were about the economy right now, about their TSP shrinking. So all three of them had all of their money invested in the G fund, which is a it's a mutual fund within the TSP plan. The TSP plans have a total of 15 available investment options. Now, the G fund just happens to be probably the most conservative of all the option. It's the government securities fund is what it's called. It's very, very conservative. It's short-term government securities is what it invests in. But if you look at the returns on this fund, the 10-year average of this fund is 1.98%. The three-year average, meaning the last three years, it's averaged 1.51% per year. I'm going to repeat that. The last three years, this fund has averaged 1.51% per year because it's a very, very conservative G fund, government securities investment fund. This fund, of all the different investment choices in a TSP plan, this is the second biggest fund. And by biggest, I mean this is the second most popular fund. There's $210 billion in the G fund. And there's only $800 billion in assets in the entire TSP program. The federal government's the largest employer in the world, and therefore the TSP plan is the largest retirement plan in the world. So what I'm trying to say here is that $210 billion of $800 billion in the TSP plans is invested in the G fund. That's 26% of the entire TSP plan assets. And you might be saying to yourself, well, well, what's wrong with that? The G fund is just a conservative fund. It's the last 10 years, it's average 1.98%. What's the big deal? The problem is, is that people don't understand the real risks in retirement. And one of those, of course, is the rising cost of living. So if our money is only growing by 1.5% or 1.9% and the cost of living this year in June, what's it, up 9.1% in June? We're falling behind. Now, every year in retirement, we're not going to have inflation like this. This is not going to continue for the next 10 years. Yes, they've already started. The Federal Reserve is starting to raise interest rates, which will get inflation under control at some point. But long-term inflation, the cost of living, is going to be somewhere between, if history is any guide, and I will argue it's the only guide that we have, inflation is going to continue to average long-term somewhere between 3 and 4%. 
And if we're earning one and a half percent interest on our money, guess what? The purchasing power of our money is declining. So we're thinking that we're safeguarding our principal, but really our purchasing power is going down because we're not even keeping up with the rising cost of living, also known as inflation. So on this podcast, I've been trying to get this lesson across to people and tell them, please, please, please understand that the average 62-year-old non-smoking couple is projected to live 30 years. And what that means is, with an average trendline inflation of 3% over 30 years, when you're 62, a box of Cheerios that costs $4 a box when you're 92 will cost over nine bucks a box. If you got your oil changed 30 years ago, you know what it costs. It, it was $7.99 to get an oil change. Now it costs me about 45 bucks. In 1967, a franchise owner of McDonald's came out with the Big Mac. He charged 45 cents for that Big Mac in 1967. Today, that same Big Mac is about six bucks here in St. Louis. So getting back to our G fund example, that's the government securities fund. It's the second most popular fund in the entire TSP retirement plan for federal government workers. That G fund came out in 1987. If you put $100 in that fund back in 1987, today, 35 years later, it would be worth $503. So if my math is correct, you made $403 profit. That's not too bad, you might think. But there's what's called the C fund, which is the common stock fund. This fund came out in 1988, so just a couple months later, really, and $100 put in the common stock fund grew. It would be worth today $3,370. Again, in the G fund, $100 back in 1987 is worth 503 today if you would have left it alone and let it grow. And that same $100 from 1988 until today in the C fund, the common stock index fund, would be worth $3,370 today. And that's a 35-year period. And we just talked about the average couple retires at 62, that's the most common age in this country to retire. The average American retires at 62, and if we look at a 62-year-old non-smoking couple, an actuary would tell us that this nice couple is projected to live until 92. That's their joint life expectancy. Women in this country live five to six years longer than the men do, so the woman or the wife would be in a traditional marriage would be projected to live until 92. So getting back to the G fund that all three people that I talked to this week were invested in the G fund because they wanted to safeguard their principal. Well, again, they're forgetting about the rising cost of living. Their money is actually shrinking because of purchasing power. Because what that money will buy is going down and down and down more than it's growing. The other takeaway that I wanted to mention that podcast listeners can really learn from is when we're looking at these three women, they were all three married and they all had a government pension, a federal government pension with a cost of living adjustment. So they all have a choice to make. Do I take the single life option? Do I take the 10 year certain? Or do I take some kind of survivorship for my husband? And in all three cases, the husband was in not as good health and was older. And again, I stated Social Security tells us that women in this country, American women outlive men 
by five to six years statistically. So if we know statistically that women are more likely to outlive men, and Social Security tells us that 80% of the people over 100 years old in this country are women, longevity really seems to favor women in this country. As much as us guys want to maybe beat the odds, let's look at the facts and figures here. So how do we do this pension planning? How do we look at this? Well, if the wife takes the single life option, let's say it's $2,000 a month. But if she takes the 100% survivor option, meaning if something happens to her, it would pay out the same amount to her surviving spouse for the rest of his or her life, the spouse would get $1,600 a month. What I like to do is put a little more thought into this and say, okay, women outlive men five to six years. We know in this example that the wife who has this pension happens to be five years younger, so she's already got 10 years on her husband. Does the survivorship option really make sense? Because that extra $400 per month reduction is for the rest of her life if she elects that. And not only that, think of the cost of living. I would rather have a cost of living adjustment going off of that $2,000 a month instead of a cost of living adjustment going off of $1,600 per month. That extra $400 a month when you tack on inflation for the next 30 years can really amount to a very, very wide margin of retirement lifetime income for this pension. So another strategy that some people look at is either taking the 10-year certain option or just looking at a 15-year term life insurance option that, heaven forbid, if something happened to the wife in the first 15 years of her retirement, that, yeah, the pension may stop because it was single life, but her spouse would have a tax-free death benefit from the term life insurance. And then what happens at the end of the 15 years? Well, then the term life insurance, you don't renew it because the risk all along was what happens if something happens to the wife, it's her pension, in the first 15 years of retirement. Meanwhile, her monthly pension benefit of $2,000 has been growing every year by the cost of living, so we're maximizing the cost of living benefit from that pension, and therefore we're maximizing the lifetime income potential from that pension. And the term life insurance is basically cheap as dirt. I mean, we're talking $75 a month to $100 a month. So instead of taking home the full $2,000 a month, she's left with $1,900 after, let's say, the $100 a month premium. So the net effect, again, is $1,900 a month which is a lot better than going with a 100% joint and survivor option, which would bring you down to 1600 bucks a month. And the chances are that the husband is going to predecease his wife anyway. So to recap today's discussion, retirement planning is all about making smart choices with the hand that we're dealt. And as I stated, there's 800, over $800 billion in the largest employer plan in America, which is the TSP plan, and over 25% of that is invested in the G fund, which is a government securities fund that has averaged less than 2% for the last 10 years. So I really question the wisdom in that because the cost of living on average, long-term cost of living is about 3% per year. So we're not even keeping up with the cost of living. 
and that's sad. The other big takeaway is that women outlive men, on average in this country, five to six years. Now, of course, we don't want to bank on that happening, and really with retirement planning, it would be a lot, lot easier if we all had expiration dates on our birth certificates, but we don't. So we kind of have to make assumptions, but we also want to ask ourselves, okay, we're, we're planning on the, the husband predeceasing his wife, but what if that doesn't happen? Will the husband still be okay? And if it goes as planned, statistically, the husband passes away first, will the surviving spouse, the wife, still be okay? We want to approach it from both sides of the coin to make sure whether it's the husband or wife, that the surviving spouse is still going to be financially independent. There was an Allianz study that was done a couple years ago for women 65 years old and older, and 61% of them said their biggest fear was becoming a bag lady at some point in the future. So I think what these women were trying to say was, if something happens to my spouse in the future, I want to make sure that I'm going to be okay financially on my own. And that's why we got to plan ahead, right? That's why we do the planning ahead of time before we ever get into retirement. So we know that, okay, if this happens, we're going to be okay. If the stock market crashes, we're still going to be okay. Heaven forbid, if something happens to our spouse, the surviving spouse is still going to be okay. They may be heartbroken. They may be sad, but financially speaking, they'll still be okay because we did the planning ahead of time. And lastly, of course, again, inflation is like blood pressure. If you don't pay attention to your blood pressure, you might find yourself in rough shape down the road. So we have to account for inflation and not only account for it, but expect it and have a plan to fight it off. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. If you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. You can sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching call. It's right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. And it links right to my calendar and talks about what we can talk about during this phone call. I'll see you next week for the next episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. 